0: This is Radio A broadcasting on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We are Anne and Arni talking about community and individual responses to harm, transformative justice, accountability safety
1: support and healing and prison abolition within and challenging dominator culture we would like to acknowledge aboriginal elders past and present and to acknowledge and honor the resistance of first nations people across these lands We just listened to I Go by Peggy Goo. Hi everyone, welcome to Radio ANA and on this episode we are speaking with Damien about supporting people in prison, connection for people in prison and various projects that he's been working on um, inside and outside. Hi Damien, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself, the land you're on and tell us a bit about yourself.
2: Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Damien. I'm 35. I'm here in Newcastle on Awabakal land. My day job, I'm an archivist, but I do a lot of things. I, I'm an artist. I um, currently have an art exhibition on that nobody can attend because we're in lockdown. Um, I'm also a podcaster. Uh, I'm an author slash writer, and I'm also a former prisoner. A lot of the things I do right now are, are related to prison. In an email to me, you
0: had written that you had wished there was uh, something like paper chained for you when you were inside, and we were wondering, yeah, what would you have hoped for about the types of supports you would have wanted from people in the community or people interested in solidarity with people inside?
2: Yeah, so um, I went into prison, and something I learned pretty quickly uh, was that the prison didn't really make it a priority to provide anything for us to do. There was no educational opportunities. There was no therapy. And I was told I was um, assessed at too low risk of reoffending to have any rehabilitation. So basically, I was—I got 10 months in prison with nothing constructive for me to do given to me by the prison. And so the first thing I did to help pass the time was I, um, I started writing and I wrote a novel and I also wrote a couple of short stories. And that was fine for passing the time, but there was nowhere for me to send them to. The first other writer I met in prison, he was writing short stories as well, and I actually went up to him. I'm like, "Oh, do you know is is there a prison newsletter or something?" Is and he looked at me like I'd asked him if I, you know, if we could order pizza. So shortly after I got out, through the you know, various prison grapevines, I heard about this magazine that had just been started up for. Inmates called Paper Chained. And that was the beginning of 2017. And I'd been peripherally involved with that for about four years. Just this year, the previous editor told me she wasn't able to do that anymore. And uh, since I'd been involved since almost the beginning, if there was any chance I'd like to keep it alive. And I didn't even have to think about that. And the reason I said yes, and the reason I've been helping them out for the last four years is because that's one of the things that I really needed in prison, which was um, which was a voice, some way I could express myself. And also just for pride and like, you know, it's nice to see your, your words in print. But also, you know, I, I had things I wanted to say and, uh, and I had <laughs> no one to, to tell them to. It's just so hard to get any information in, in, in prison. Like, you know, I wanted to write um, letters to someone and I had to like write you know, letters to friends and say, hey, can you look up the address of this person? I sometimes like to joke that being in prison is kind of like traveling back in time to the early 90s when I grew up, you know, where if you wanted to know something, you either had to ask another person or go to the library. And if nobody knew, you were screwed. So, there's a few more comparisons. Like, everyone had a radio, but only the really cool people had a CD player because that was, yeah, expensive. And uh, so, it was very difficult to just find out anything. And, um, yeah, so, uh, to the best of my knowledge, there wasn't a prison news order at the time. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the things I definitely could have used. Which is why I'm still, yeah, I'm running that today. Yeah.
1: What do you think? Like, if you had had that, um, you know, that newsletter, what do you think it would have meant to you?
2: Yeah, well, it would have would have been nice to be able to share what I was creating with the world. Because not only was I like creating all this, uh, like these short stories and this book which I wrote, which has since been published, but um, it was really frustrating to know that you know I was making this, but um, the only uh, people who'd be seen it were the people in my my cell block, like you know, um. I've written this and you know my readership's like 3 or whatever like one of the big things it would have made me feel like I was still kind of connected to the community a bit which is a big thing you you feel like the the world keeps changing but you're in there kind of like in this time bubble where you kind of stay the same and like uh, things don't affect you as much and you you're not part of um I suppose you've got your own community of sorts in there but you don't really feel connected to the outside and so it would have made me feel like I was still part of a community of sorts I think and that's really important in prison because it's, uh, yeah, not surprisingly, it's, it's pretty isolating in there and um, that can be quite depressing. And um, sometimes also, it's really important to be able to talk to someone who isn't either an inmate or a guard or part of the establishment. People are very fixated on prison politics and there's all this drama going on. And sometimes you just want to talk about something that isn't <laughs> related to prison. And so, none of the, the short stories I was writing and, and things like that yeah none of them were jail related um uh, th- there was some of that in there like you know it was it was the right place to write about <laughs> prison i guess but yeah i was trying to create fantasy worlds to get me out of prison which i was was probably more popular i found so yeah it was it was definitely important to feel connected to the outside world and and have something to do uh, that wasn't directly linked to prison even though like, i suppose it's a prison newsletter it goes to inmates only but uh, you know still it's um something where you could write anything like, you know, your, your poetry or your fiction, or um, even if you just wanted to express how you're feeling. Uh, we have gotten like like journal entries sent into paper chain, which is, uh, you know, I, I really like how there's a diverse kind of um, set of materials that come in. You know, it's not all the same. Uh, just two days ago, I got a photo of uh, from an inmate in New Zealand. Of um, He told me in his first letter to me that he made motorbikes out of matchsticks. And I was like, hmm yeah okay okay pal yeah that that's cool and then he sent me a photo of one and it's incredible you know i've got no idea how he did it, it must have taken him hundreds of hours to, like to kind of shave these things down you, you know it's um yes yeah, it's, it's it's kind of amazing what the, the ingenuity people can come up come up with some there in there sometimes and uh, speaking from personal experience like you know i i don't think i ever would have written a book if um the prison had, had taken pretty much everything else away from me so yeah that was what i had left yeah
0: and do you want to speak a little bit more about that, Damien? I, I think that maybe you learned how to draw as well in prison.
2: Yeah. So, um, I got a 10-month sentence and it took me um, five months to write my novel, which the first draft was like 90,000 words. And um, everyone's like, oh, like, you know, I've, I've spoken to people on the outside and they're like, they're like, oh, it took me years to write a book. Like, how did you do it in five months? I'm like, well, yeah, you'd be surprised what you can get done when there aren't a lot of distractions. It's kind of funny. I um I finished the book and I remember like I I, I finished it at night and then I went to bed and I, I got up early and I was feeling really empty and I went out to the common room where my prison and one other guy was up and he was like you're all right and I was like oh, I just I finished my my novel last night he's like isn't isn't that a good thing and I was like well I mean yeah but like what the hell am I gonna do now and um yeah so I, I was actually like really worried and he did something which probably changed a large course of my life. He just, he's like, have you ever drawn? I'm like, oh, not since primary school. And he gave me his old sketch pad and, he, and he's like, why don't you give drawing a go? Like I said, it's very difficult to get information in prison. It's also very difficult to get pictures, like, um, you know, like things that have no value on the outside, like a nice picture of like anything, like, you know, a, a tree or like a, a beach or something has value in there because, you know, you, you can't just print it off the internet. And I remember I um, I was like well what am I going to draw and I, I found like a like it was an old newspaper and they had like a makeup ad which had a close up of someone's face and I gave it a go I sketched it out and I, I showed it to him and he's like I thought you said you'd never drawn before and I was like well I guess it's just um yeah something I was naturally quite good at I've you know tried my hand at a lot of things that I'm terrible at but I'm um, drawing it's is something that just you know came really naturally and um after about two or three months of practice, I actually had a like a queue of people who were waiting to um, to pay me um, to draw portraits of their like kids and pets and uh, one guy wanted me to draw his motorbike. And so, that actually turned into I was making more money out of that than I was working for the prison, which says more about inmate labour and wages than it does about, yeah, <laughs> what, what I was, what, well, you know, people were paying me in food, obviously, there's, there's no currency in there. Uh, but a lot of people were offering me drugs, which I wasn't interested in. After I got out, I didn't. I kind of wanted to catch up on all the things I, I missed out on for a year, so I didn't draw for a year. And then I kind of felt like I, I needed to do it again, and that's kind of exploded a lot recently. I um, I've uh, just uh, illustrated a book under a contract with uh, Random House, which is a book re- related to the prison system. But even before then, I've had a couple art exhibitions, and I um. I run. I don't really. It's more of a uh, of a hobby. I get paid for than a concerted effort to make money. But I'm still, you know, doing portrait commissions for people. Um, yeah, still pets. And um, actually, I did another motorbike recently. But um, yeah, but, but basically, whatever people want want me to draw. Yeah. So I um I wrote that novel in prison, and then now it's published, and that kind of led to other writing opportunities. And now I'm also a published illustrator. And like these are two skills I never would have had if I hadn't have been to prison. So I mean. I don't look at it as a negative point in my life at all, but that doesn't change the fact that there um, isn't a lot of, to do in there. And uh, which is, it's a real shame that, you know, the, the prison doesn't care. You know, I, everything I did to rehabilitate myself, quote unquote, um, I did myself, you know, you have to do it yourself because uh, yeah, the establishment doesn't provide anything for you to do.
1: I wonder, you spoke a bit about, um, you know, connection with people from from outside and connection with the world outside of prison and, Yeah, were there other things that you might have hoped for in terms of, you know, support from the community or people outside Mm -hmm. prison who were interested in solidarity?
2: Yeah, well, I definitely would have um, been interested in like pretty much like anything imaginable. There was one thing that happened at the prison I was at and um, yeah, it wasn't actually run by the the prison. It was run by a group of well-meaning volunteers. I happen to be an atheist, but like um, there was like a church group that would come in. And I would go hang out with them, not because I was interested in con- converting, but just because it was nice to talk to someone who, yeah, like I said, wasn't an inmate or a guard. Like, they kind of, you know, these missionaries in prison, they're, they're kind of there because they've always been there. And um, I don't actually, I'm pretty sure there are, actually aren't any non-religious groups that are allowed in, which is uh, probably a bit of a problem itself. Because, you know, like, for example, there's a, there's a prison chaplain because there's always been a prison chaplain. And I, I I would speak to him sometimes, but, you know, we we didn't. yeah, And he was nice and well-meaning and it was, it was good that he was there, but we needed a, a psychologist, like a qualified mental health person, not a, you know, a well-meaning chaplain, or at least both. Yeah. So, the only thing we really had was that church group coming in. So, it would, would have been great uh, if like, if it's some kind of other group had, a, yeah, other groups could have been able to come in and, and talk and help with people. I'm not even sure if corrective services would approve that because, um, yeah, one of the things I, yeah, mentioned that I really wanted to do was, um, I actually just finished my undergraduate degree a week before I went into prison. I had one unit left to go, and I went to see my lecturer, and I was like, Look, I'm going up for sentencing next week. Can I do my exam early? And he was like, This has never happened before, sure. And he let me sit my exam early, but I, uh, anyway, I wanted to start a master's degree in prison. Um, I've since done that you know, after I got out, but yeah, I couldn't do that. The reason I couldn't do that was because there was there's no computer access for inmates in New South Wales whereas there is in Queensland so like I mean the University of Southern Queensland have this um making the connection program where they actually they're the only university that has courses specifically tailored to inmates which is great if you're in other states but um here in New South Wales uh, we couldn't take advantage of that yeah I've I've written articles just on that subject but uh basically that would have made me feel connected to uh, at least the student community but um yeah, I couldn't pursue that in New South Wales. So yeah, I was just before I got out, there's a group in Sydney called Justice Action, and they actually won a court battle years ago to send a newsletter out to every inmate in the country. and that's called Just us. It only goes out every couple of years. And through that, uh, it's it's really funny how everything's kind of connected because they sent that out just before I was released. and um, in there there was an ad for a prison newsletter called Inside Out. They're aimed at LGBT uh, inmates, but they're open to everyone. And I think I actually read the ad-, ad for Paper Chained in an issue of that. They had to call out for submissions before I was released, and I sent something to them. But then I got released before the first issue came out. So, there was actually uh, at no point when I was in there, was there any kind of uh, programs that I could feel connected to. But, um, I mean, something that's really huge is um, just letter writing. Uh, after I got out, I I um, I um kept writing to all my friends in prison because I knew how much that meant to them, like how much it can just change your day getting a letter for someone. But um Australia doesn't really have uh, much of an organized pen power program. So, once all my friends got released, I actually started writing to American and UK prisoners because they had like organized pen power websites, whereas at the time uh, we didn't. And so, um, but yeah, just even just writing a letter... To someone can be huge. If, you, if you've um, ever thought about doing that, um, I'd really recommend giving it a go. Like I've had um, something I found in there was like I wrote a letter to a friend and he didn't write back, but he came to visit me. And I was like, oh, you know, and it, 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 I didn't know he was coming to visit me. And um, I said, oh, I was like, oh, did you, so you got my letter? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, you didn't write back. And he's like, oh, well, I came to visit because I, you know, I didn't really know how to write back. And I'm like, letter writing really is a lost skill. I found that yeah, I actually made a joke about. It. I'm like, well, it's kind of like replying to someone on Facebook instead of instead of hitting send, you hit print and then you put it in a letter. Yeah, but it's just like a lot of people, are maybe like you know, I'm 35. Maybe people like a bit younger than me haven't even ever written a letter. I don't know by hand at least. Yeah, you know? uh, it does make a huge difference just just getting a letter. Um, so yeah, if, uh, we, paper chain. We actually run a pen power program uh, through that. Um, yeah, like uh, inmates write in But uh, yeah Because it's uh, Yeah it's really important Just to Like having a pen pal Can make a huge difference In prison Yeah
0: So let's go now To a song And we'll listen to Warm Pants By Jua Saleh
3: Find out that smoke, that glass of shadows, that keep leaking out your house. You throwing daggers at the crown, this liquor falling from your mouth. I spit myself to find the silver in the slivers in your couch. I'm coming. Closer, then I realize that there's always something missing. I need you.
0: Welcome back to Radio A&A. We have been speaking with Damien about supporting people inside prison and ethical considerations uh, for people who are doing solidarity work and interested in doing solidarity with people inside. And we are talking to Damien about letter writing. Damien... Yeah, are there some ethical considerations that people outside of prison should consider when collaborating or doing any kind of solidarity stuff with working with people inside?
2: Yeah, like, so that pen power program, when it was set up, it was for inmates only. So, like, you know, I'd, before I put those people's, like, addresses on the internet, I'd have to write uh, to them and, you know, see if they'd be interested in that because, uh, yeah, no, consent's Pretty big for everything, but also uh, things like that. Like uh, something I found, um, you know, I've done a lot of interviews with journalists over the last few years and um, they're always pretty good, um, or the ones I've spoken to at least, which have um, all been quite favourable at prison reform. They're they're always like, oh, you know, just making sure you're okay with me using your full name. Are you okay with, uh, you know, me using this photo of you? And I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. But like, so, I mean, I'd never publish anyone's details without their consent. I'd always want to like check in with them. Actually, uh, quite recently, the last paper chain uh, issue came out in uh, May, was it? Yes, May. And um, we, there was an anonymous contribution in that. And they just said they wanted it to be credited as an anonymous inmate from New South Wales because, uh, yeah, on our like contributions form, we're like, you know, people can be anonymous when they write for paper chain, they, um, they can use a pseudonym. And um, yeah, so I think only one person did last issue and somebody actually wrote in to me and they said, uh, another prisoner, and he's like, oh, you know, I really identified with what this person wrote. Um, can you send me their details so that I can write to them? And I was like, well, well, no, he wanted to be anonymous. So, um, it's actually kind of funny. I What I decided to do was I wrote to him and I said, oh, by the way, this guy wants your contact details, but the way I, th- I didn't want to give them out without your consent. So, the way I thought I'd go about it is I would give him yeah, uh, you his contact there so you could write to him and he actually wrote back to me and he said oh thanks for doing that i really appreciate reaching out to me first um i actually know that guy and he's a total idiot so i don't want to <laughs> anything to do with him and <laughs> yeah he said that he like he'd been at that same prison with him like uh, before so and that was great i um i, I got a huge laugh out of that but uh, yeah definitely always just important to make sure that people are comfortable and just don't assume that um. People want things to you to do uh, things on their behalf. Um, I'll actually give you an example. I um I started writing to an inmate in Missouri a few years ago, and he asked me if I could make an Instagram account for him, which I did. Um, his name's Bobby Bostick, and I've got his Instagram, which is at at freebobbybostick. And he's been in prison since 1995. I might go into his case a little bit later, but um he wasn't, you know, he's never actually used a mobile phone. So, you know, he doesn't have a great um, understanding of um, of social media. So, he asked for an Instagram and I was like, oh, I'll make him, you know, Instagram and Facebook are linked. I'll make him a Facebook at the same time. And I mean, I just kind of assumed that would be fine. I like, like he wanted an Instagram, but then I actually let him know and he um, told me to get rid of it because it turns out that his prison has a rule against inmates having a Facebook profile. So, I mean, you know, I like yeah, I probably should have checked in with that but I just I just really thought that would be fine and so something you have to keep in mind is that there are um, there are things that you can do uh, that you wouldn't think cause a problem for inmates but it might like even just little things like um, like making writing to a letter to someone and like joking about oh you know I'll, I'll come in and break you out just don't don't do that you know that that causes uh, people a lot, a lot of problems if you're on the receiving end of, of things you you didn't ask for like it can cause you some, some trouble sometimes so yeah just really make sure people um are okay with whatever you're doing on their behalf uh, ask people if you if they want something sent in but like you know it's very limited what you can send in, inmates it's basically paper and, and and pictures but um for example you know sending someone like a uh, pictures of tattoos or something that might get them in trouble because you know the, the establishment might think that they requested them because they wanted. To, 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 you know, do tattoos which you're not allowed to do in there. So, so it's just like little things that, you know, you, people, well m- meaning people just wouldn't consider. So, just, yeah, make sure people are okay with whatever you're doing for them really, yeah.
0: So, thinking about when we do kind of make a mistake or um, do something that is, um, you know, somebody writes to us and is like, oh, why did you share my details or um, is concerned about something that we've done. What are some ways that we can be accountable and repair that?
2: I suppose it probably wouldn't be too different from what you, um, you should do with someone on the outside, I guess. I mean, yeah, I just um, like try and make it clear that, you know, maybe apologise. The thing is, different prisons have different rules as well. So, like some prisons, you can have a Facebook account for someone on, on your behalf, And but I made one for my friend. It turns out you didn't. So, I just said, look, hey, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I just... um. I assumed that would be okay because you, uh, you know, asked for another um, social media account. But yeah, I should have checked in first and just. Uh, but you know, he was very understanding. He wasn't angry at all. He's like, he just he just said, "Oh, look, you have to delete that before the the establishment finds it." So um, yeah, just uh, just be polite and transparent, and um, and uh, and listen to people. Really, like it's hard to understand how things can like affect people in prison. For example, like you know, if you um get put on like uh, get in trouble you might get put on restrictions like you're not allowed to order any food for a few weeks and that can make a huge difference to someone's life because they don't feed you enough so i mean oh well well, i guess what i'm trying to get at is um yeah just just like you know ask people like how things can affect them and uh and listen when they when they say how serious things can be because yeah the little things can um can uh take away from what little freedom people have left inside and uh yeah so it's um just important to, to be as to open and understanding as possible, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess thinking, you know, about that and, um, you know, what you've said around your own experience of being inside and like wanting this kind of connection, how important to you is it, I guess, if you're making commitments to people, um, inside to sort of follow through with that, um, given
2: where people are at? I definitely, um, <laughs> something I have found is my friend Bobby, he, um, because uh, he's been in prison since he was 16. I'll tell you just briefly, yeah, he got um got sentenced to 241 years in prison um for two armed robberies he committed back to back on the same day when he was 16 years old. Uh, no one was seriously injured. Uh, one person received a minor injury, but um yeah, he's serving the longest sentence ever given to um a child for non-homicide fences in, in Missouri. Uh, something that I have noticed is that he's been in there since he was 16, so. He did ask me to do quite a few things. Uh, I remember what it was like in prison I had a lot of free time and I, and I don't have that now. So yeah he was um, I, at one point actually a couple of times I actually say I'm like, hey I, um, I, I need you to, you've sent me a lot of things to help do on your behalf. you need to tone it down a bit because I, um, I I can't work this fast and, and he was like, he was very understanding. I've had um, I've heard a lot of people say like you know um, uh, Bobby in particular he said, you know um, a lot of people, he's had a lot of pen pals over the years and a lot of them like just fade out of touch. And I mean, granted he's been in there a long time, but, um, yeah, it's something I've, uh, even though it's, I've said it a couple of times, I'm like, Hey, um, you're giving me too many things. I, um, you're giving me a bit of anxiety. Like he'd send me like, uh, ideas of people to contact and there'd be like, you know, many dozens of people and, and stuff. And uh, so uh, while I have asked him to, to just told him, like, I don't have the capacity to do that. I have always kind of kept in touch because, um, something that i I noticed in prison was like you know i wrote letters to a lot of people and i mean i completely understand people are busy and stuff but you know um uh uh, you know even like on the outside like you know people tell me like i sent someone a facebook message and they didn't write back and then you get anxiety like you know "Do, do they not want to talk to me and stuff and then you know but sometimes in prison i wouldn't hear back from friends for like six weeks and they're like look i've just been busy and i mean granted um some of my friends didn't write back at all so i mean i was happy to hear from them but like you know it's um people feel so isolated in there that it's it's it is does make a big difference if you make a bit of an effort even if you just drop them like a quick note like you know you don't have to write them you know um yeah 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 like you know several pages every time you you see them just like a just a quick letter like getting a letter in prison can change your day It, it can make you um feel you know like you're still connected you know some people don't have a lot of family um and uh like you know i write to a guy in texas and he i'm the only person who writes to him and um he's told me about how much that's changed his uh, mental health just having someone to to write to and um yeah so it is important to follow through um yeah i, I wouldn't go as far as to saying it, it, it's uh, it's um it's better off to not write at all because i mean you know uh, like i'm sure people still uh, appreciate having you know some support but uh, yeah i can definitely um it has happened to a lot of people that you know pen pals lose interest or and things, and that does make a huge difference to um to someone if they kind of lose that connection. But um, yeah. So I, if you are, <laughs> I suppose it's like a lot of things. You know, if you if you make a commitment, it it it'd be um, it'd be nicer if you could uh, yeah keep keep up with it and um and uh, because yeah, it, it can make such a huge difference to someone's life. Yeah.
1: We'll go to a song now, and this is "Dream It Possible" by Losho DiMarco. Marco.
4: I'm undefeated. Oh, jumping out of my skin, pull the cord. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, the past is everything we were. Don't make us who we are. So I'll dream until I make it real. And all I see is stars. It's not until you fall back When your dreams come alive, you're unstoppable Take a shot, chase the sun, find the beautiful We will go in the dark, turning dice to gold All that you fly When your dreams come alive, you're unstoppable Take a shot, chase the sun, find the beautiful We will go in the dark, turn it to go And we'll dream Until you fall, that you've
0: Welcome back to Radio A&A. We have been speaking with Damien about supporting people inside prison and ethical considerations uh, for people who are doing solidarity work and interested in doing solidarity with people inside. And we were wondering about, you know, uh, the importance of projects by and for people who are incarcerated or who have been previously incarcerated.
2: Yeah, like... Um something I found in prison is that um i feel like n- things there's a lot of reasons why things don't change in prison one the establishment doesn't want them to that's the big one but um we had a library at uh, our prison most prisons do and most of them aren't much to speak of ours it was probably more accurate to describe it as you know a few shelves of books you know and um our encyclopedia set was printed in 1964 which was pretty yeah um yeah, <laughs> a few interesting things have happened since then and um I, I wrote a strongly worded letter to the commissioner uh, for corrections, uh, David Elliott it was at the time, I think. And in response, like he actually, um, the prison got sent a new set. And But like all my friends in prison are like, oh, what are you writing to the, you're nuts, he's not going to do anything. And I'm like, well, actually he might, because I don't think anyone's ever let him know before. One of the reasons things never change is because people get out of prison and then they just kind of, I, I mean, it's understandable, people want to move on with their lives and stuff. Whereas um yeah, very few people like want to get involved in trying to make the 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 situation better, which is what I've been um spending a lot of time doing. And sometimes it's a bit frustrating knowing that there aren't a lot of other people doing that as well. And in fact, a lot of the support, like the person who started Paper Chained uh wasn't a former prisoner and um Inside Out, which is to the best of my knowledge, the only other regular prison newsletter in Australia there that's uh run by two um, amazing women who um aren't Former prisoners, either they're just very well-meaning and uh, caring people. Definitely, I think it's really important for former prisoners to to get involved in trying to to make the situation better. And but also we can um we can with these programs we can reach out to people who are still in prison and, and they can be part of that. It's really hard to let anyone know what's happening in prison, and even more so, it's hard to be believed. Like uh, in Queensland, um, you're not even allowed to have anything published if you're a prisoner without prior approval from your like probation officer so like um inmates in queensland uh technically aren't can't like yeah write into us and have things published but like you know even if they could uh, so many like unethical things happen in prison but uh you know who's going to believe us yeah by the time i got out like the information's old the uh security footage has been deleted taped over if there was any to begin with you know and um so, it's really hard to get the word out, whereas, you know, um, and, and even now, like the turnaround time for, you know, getting mail from, from paper to like, you know, I was it's funny, just little things like, you know, uh, you know, if I wanted a picture to draw, I, I'd, I'd write a letter to a friend and say, hey, can you get me a picture of this? And, you know, take a week to get the letter to them because it goes through the prison channels and then, you know, a two-week turnaround, I get a letter back. And I mean, so, so the turnaround time is still quite huge, but I mean, you yeah, know, a couple of weeks is a lot better than you're waiting until uh, someone gets out. Because, yeah, then so, what I'm getting at is like paper chain, like things like that can be a way to give people a voice, but also to let people know what's happening in prison. Because, uh, yeah, so many things just get swept under the radar. Like people would not believe the, the kind of stuff that happens in there. Great to give people a voice so they can, yeah. Uh, let people know what's happening in there because, um, yeah, it's it, I've, one of the reasons things never change. I think is yeah, you know, there's a lot of reasons, and one of them is that um, there's not a lot of sympathy from the average Joe Blow in the public, and that's because um, people have a perception of what you know people are in prison for and uh, what what prisons like because of you know, TV movies and stuff, and people don't have a really good understanding of what happens in there. A lot of people in prison are just got put in a position. That could have happened to anyone or they were, uh, you know, um, being at a real disadvantage to life. And, uh, you know, it's uh, like there aren't any excuses for certain behaviour, but there are some really, really uh, good explanations sometimes. And, and the more we get p- people's stories out, I think the more sympathy there will be and the more chance that something will get done. Is
0: there feedback that you've received from people that have... You know, shared their words and images in paper chain, and then being able to see their words and images um, in that, and what that's meant to them.
2: Yeah, um, I really like how it's yeah, such a diverse um, uh, type of media. Like, like I said, like I was writing, but then I also I taught myself to draw, which was great uh, for me in prison. It was a way to make money, but I mean, I I, um, I couldn't share it with the world. You know, I was you're so isolated in prison, so it. it um, and yeah like that that was what i needed um some way to just feel connected with the world and so like you know i that's one of the reason i'm kind of spend so much of my time doing this is because i know how much difference that can make to another to an inmate just, just something simple and, and you wouldn't think cuz you know in, in the age we live in like you know we, you, some people you know share like 10 things on facebook and social media platforms a day and you know i uh, <laughs> you know your, your dopamine hit from all the likes whereas you know um, something like a uh, at the moment, due to our budget, paper chains only annual. Uh, something simple like you know uh, you, you, these people can't get any kind of <laughs> this instant gratification that they they can like kind of share their contact with the world. So it's um I feel like it's um can make a huge difference to people's self esteem just to to get get things out there. And but yeah, I've been really thrilled with like the kind of things that have been coming in. Like yeah, like I said, like journal entries. Um, people have been like yeah logging like things that have happened to them opinion pieces and just some of it's like not that related to prison at all which is like i said it's important to to talk about prison and sometimes it's important to talk about something else so um i just uh, i really like how um paper chain doesn't have like a clear focus like we're not like a uh, like a for works of fiction we're not we're we're, it's it's a writing and art journal and um writing and art is quite broad and so there we um accept pretty much like there's just such a wide variety of things, and we're also like open to um receiving things from people supportive of prison inform as well. So I mean, don't feel like you can't reach out if you <laughs> haven't been to prison yourself. Uh, we do like kind of prioritize things from inmates, uh, former inmates, and their families. But um, yeah, if you've um if you've got some opinions on the prison system that you'd you'd like to share, or um, yeah, but feel free to get in touch. Yeah, yeah, you do get a lot of um just uh, letters from people saying yeah, thanks so much for it was like really great to um. See my thing in print. In fact, actually, the the person I um I was talking about earlier, who sent in the thing, he asked to be an anonymous um, New South Wales prisoner. The one who you know somebody asked for his contact details. When I decided to write back to him uh, to let him know that um yeah somebody wanted his contact details, he wrote back. He was like, oh, I never actually realised that got published because uh, he asked to be anonymous. I don't think he actually. He didn't subscribe himself. He, he his cellmate was a subscriber, and so he just wrote in and he didn't ask to subscribe. So the previous editor didn't put his name down on the list and he he didn't actually know that he that his work had been published. so so I ended up sending it to him and he was yeah he was really thrilled to see that. I, I have a similar story myself, so um yeah inside out came out before um, they had the word out before I got released, and I sent them a couple of my drawings. And then I got released before the first issue came out, and I was uh, on a road trip with uh, my girlfriend at the time and one of her friends. And uh, she was like, "Check out this inmate magazine my friend made," and 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 showed it to me. And I was like, even through. I'm like, I've heard of this. And then I was, I'm like, Hey, that's my art, you know. And they they printed two of my images. If you if you can track down the first issue of Um Inside Out on their website, um. Just uh, yeah, Google Inside Out LGBT newsletter. It'll probably be the first response. But yeah, if you look at the first um, issue, they've got two of my photos, uh, drawings in there, and I had yeah, it was uh, <laughs> I had no idea they'd been published, and it was actually a real thrill to find out like about a year later that they'd published my work. That was um, which is uh, yeah, something like a ongoing issue. I like every time an issue of a Paper Chain goes out, I get about ten issues back, returned to sender because people have been released. So it's 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 kind of a little bit frustrating to um, yeah. So like yeah, like when with the last one, I think I got ten, like you know ten new subscribers, and then like ten <laughs> letters returned to sender. So it kind of stayed about even. But uh, yeah, it is. There are some challenges to to having a um a readership base in prison, and one is that you know people get moved around a lot, and people get released, and um, probably you know understandably the last thing on their mind is is giving me a forwarding address. So uh yeah, there's probably a few people out there that have no <laughs> Still don't know their their um works being published, but uh, hopefully they find out. Yeah,
1: yeah. You've you've shared a lot about um paper change, but I know earlier you were sort of talking about some other projects that you've been doing, like the podcast. And yeah, I wondered, can you tell us some more about the projects you've been doing and and what they mean to you?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of like amazing. I think snowball sometimes. Like I got um offered a group exhibition at the local library here, um and. The, uh, like the events program uh, coordinator from the library came to look at the exhibition and she's like, oh, wow, Damien, your art's really good. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. I was actually um, at the time I was um, putting together a um i wanted to have a um art exhibition that focused that de the the prison system and by that what i wanted to do was i wanted to draw all these pictures of um former prisoners like um i had nelson mandela malcolm x and uh, yeah anyway I, I i explained this concept to her and she's like oh the, we'd love to have that here and then she's like uh we had the first meeting about it. and she's like um i've been thinking about this damien and um oh, i want this to be bigger than an art exhibition and i was like uh Okay, what do you mean? And she's like, can can you can we have a podcast talking about destigmatizing the prison system? And I'm the kind of person um, I'll give every anything a go once, but I was like, I was a bit nervous about that. I'd never done anything like that before. I'd been interviewed on a few podcasts, but um, I'd never tried to make one myself. But um, yeah, the uh, the title we t- t- uh, chose for the exhibition was Broken Chains and. It's at Walls End Public Library, which you can't actually access right now because we're in lockdown in Newcastle. But they do have, it's mirrored online, so you can see the artworks. And I've actually recorded um, myself speaking about all the artworks on the um, Newcastle Library's website. But um, yeah, we went with the same title, Broken Chains, for the podcast. And basically, we're, we're trying to educate people on the prison system. We're, we're doing a few things at once, but we're, we're also sharing people's stories. There's four episodes in season one. So, we're giving prisoners a voice where we're letting people know about what's happening in there and um, uh, creating a forum for discussion, really. And, um, yeah, it's kind of funny how things have snowballed because, yeah, I, um, I drew all these pictures for the um, uh, this art exhibition and um, one of the people I drew was a, a former prisoner called Erlon Woods and he's the um, co-creator of the podcast Hustle which uh, they were a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize last year. And um, I tagged him in that on Instagram and he sent me a message and he said, "You know, oh, Damien, wow, this is a great portrait. Um, we were looking for someone who does photorealism with pencils. Someone will get in touch. And yeah, I thought he was, I thought someone was going to order a portrait. And the next day I got an email from Penguin Random House asking if I could illustrate their book. And that comes out on the 12th of October,
0: how would people who um, have been incarcerated get in contact with you if they're wanting to um, get on your podcast?
2: Uh, so my website's uh, DamienLenane.com. I'm I'm on Instagram at daien uh, the paper chain website as well as paperchain.com but I mean oh you, yeah you can find the links to everything through my um yeah everything has links to everything else so if you can find one way of contacting me you can find everything else I get but yeah I guess. Yeah, we're definitely interested in hearing from people because, um, like I said, it's um, sometimes it's kind of frustrating that um, there aren't a lot of prisoners who, former prisoners, who are happy to talk about what happened. Like, um, the first person who interviewed me about prison was actually a Network Ten journalist, and when she asked me if she could interview me, I actually said to her, "I'm like, look, I was in prison for ten months. Are you sure you want to interview me? Well, why don't you want to interview someone who did ten years for murder?" And she said to me, "She's like, Damien, nobody wants to talk about it. You're the first person who's like said yes." and um, It'd be great if we could get more people to share their stories and build a bit more of a network and stuff because and that's a that's the thing. It's kind of hard to find former prisoners as well sometimes because a lot of them, a lot of people don't speak about it. So it's but it'd be great to to uh get more people on the podcast and uh to share more stories because we want to cover as many um aspects as possible. Like, for example, this for our next season, I'd love to have more uh episodes about Indigenous Australians and we haven't had um heard from any like lgbt inmates as well which i'd like to but um yeah just like i uh, want to be as inclusive as possible because i mean like you know I- i'm straight so i mean i don't know what prison's like for like a uh, gay or transgender people so i mean you know they have a completely different story that i'm not uh, i only have a bit of an understanding about so you know the-, the more people that we hear from the better and like yeah everyone's got a different story and yeah i'd like to share as many as i can
1: I wonder as well. Um, what about your book? Where can people read the book? Is it available?
2: Yeah. So um, the title of the book is called um, Scarred. It's uh, about a vigilante serial killer. Is the the short uh, version. Um, uh, it's available in hardcover, uh, in um, in paperback rather, and but also all major ebook formats. So it's on like uh, Kindle and Kobo and Apple iBooks. Yeah, you can find links at my website or just, yeah, Scarred by Damien Lenane. Um Yeah, that was, that's been an interesting journey. Um, I mean, I've done podcasts just on the book itself, for example. Like, you know, um, I wrote a book about a vigilante, car- a serial killer in prison, and um, I was actually in prison. Um, the magistrate described me as a vigilante, and um, I-, I didn't kill anyone. But, you know, if the prison had found out that I was a vigilante writing a book about a vigilante serial killer, that would have raised a lot of red flags. They actually would have confiscated it. I'm absolutely certain they would have confiscated it. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's an interesting story to myself. And also, like, I um, I drew from a lot of real things that happened, um, including some things that happened in prison and put that into the the book. So, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to say it's like semi-autobiographical because it's too much of a leap from what actually happened. But like, you know, there's definitely drawn from some uh, f- a few things so you can yeah it is a bit of my story in a sense but uh yeah i am very pleased with that like uh, how uh, not just like um the book but just how you know is able to turn prison into something constructive so yeah that's uh i love sharing about that and, and talking about it and um yeah my second book is actually a memoir i'm not sure if i'll write another work of fiction but um yeah I'm, i've actually i'm um, just in the initial stage of talking to a couple of publishers at the moment. Um, if they're interested, uh, memoir is a bit trickier. It's uh, There's a lot more legal concerns when your story is true um, <laughs> and you're telling stuff about other people and stuff. But um, uh, it's not for everyone. It, 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 there is a lot of violence in there. But if you like crime fillers, you will enjoy it.
0: I think we have a lot of listeners who actually really love love that kind of content. So, I'm sure you'll get some um, <laughs> some book sales from, <laughs> from this <laughs> podcast. Oh. Um, and Damien... Is there yeah anything else that you would like our listeners to know?
2: Yeah, if you um if you do want to uh, help out with um like you know with another prisoner then yeah, I do I have that Instagram account for my friend um, at Free Bobby B O S T I C. Uh yeah, I do do some campaigning for him, so if you uh, there's a link tree in the bio of the, his Instagram and a friend of mine uh, runs the Twitter account account with the same handle, but yeah, if it is, if you wanted to how about we've got like some yeah really way, like easy ways to to get involved with that?
0: Uh, thank yep. you so much, Damien. It's been yeah. such a pleasure talking with you, and thanks for sharing so much with us as well.
2: Yeah, no, it's no, it's been great. I I I, I really enjoy like um yeah just talking about you know, and doing more podcasts and stuff. It's it's been great talking about a lot of things today. Yeah,
1: and we'll go out listening to a song by Prez, La Vida es un Sueño.